Hey guys, my name is Zoe Lang, and I'm a freshman at the University of Michigan. Because we're all stuck in quarantine, I think it's the perfect time for my friends, as well as me, to share some of our best and worst stories. So it's all here, in my quarantine notebook. For episode 11, I have Harka Kalori, a rising junior at the University of Michigan. Harka, would you like to introduce yourself in any other way? No, that was good. Today, we're going to be talking about prioritizing yourself. Harika, I know you have a couple stories about this, so go ahead whenever you're ready. Growing up, I was a really shy kid. Um, I grew up in Nova, Michigan, which is exactly where Zoe's from as well. Um, And I would say that I grew up pretty sheltered and protected. I was never really someone that took risks, and I really always did what my parents told me to. And um, I never really fought with them or pushed back on anything. And I think that stems from the fact that I have an older brother who growing up had a pretty loud and big personality and he always seemed to take up a lot of my parents' time and energy. And so I never wanted to be an extra burden to them. So I tried to be as perfect as possible in all aspects of my life. Um, and this caused me to, you know, put my head down, do my work, do my, do more than my fair share of chores around the house and help out in any way that I could. And I think this really caused me to grow up pretty fast at a really young age and, I ended up putting a lot of pressure on myself to make my parents happy. Um, and I will say that a lot of what I've gone through is self-inflicted. And I say that because I had friends in high school who, you know, their parents expected them to get all A's in classes and to end up at a certain college. And, you know, my parents never put any extra pressure on me. They knew how hard I was on myself. And so, you know, that's why I want to make it very clear that a lot of what I've gone through is self-inflicted. So I would say that I really discovered stress and started my battle against anxiety during my sophomore year of high school. Um, For some reason, God only knows why, but I was really dumb and decided to take three AP classes. And I took no AP classes my freshman year. So going from zero to three was definitely a lot. And I think I really wasn't prepared for that. Um, And, you know, so I started to experience these pretty intense headaches and migraines Um, and you know, they were caused by stress, but at the time I couldn't really understand why I was experiencing them. And, you know, my parents just, you know, told me to start eating better and exercising more regularly and drink more water and just live like a healthier lifestyle, which, you know, I tried to do all of that stuff, but, um, you know, nothing really seemed to help. And I remember before my first AP chem exam, I was so stressed out that, you know, I was experiencing probably one of the worst migraines I'd had at that point. Um, and, you know, I was extremely nauseous and I was out with my dad and my dad clearly saw that I wasn't feeling well. And so he decided to drive me home. And I remember the second that I stepped out of the car and into the garage, I fell to the floor and ended up throwing up. I think both my mom and my dad witnessing this, you know, were really worried about me. So they immediately decided to take me to the hospital. And that was the first night I ever spent in an emergency room. Um, and, you know, it was really scary because no one could really understand what was wrong with me. Um, and, you know, the doctors ran a bunch of tests and did a bunch of scans. And they even did this thing called a spinal tap where they, you know, extract fluid from, you know, the outside of your brain. And it's like through your spinal cord. Um, and, you know, they tested to see if I had a brain infection, which I didn't. But it was extremely painful and it only made my headaches worse that week, I remember. Um, and, you know, after that visit, 
they kind of just sent me home with some pretty strong painkillers and recommended that I see a cardiologist and neurologist. And, you know, I did go see those doctors, but no one could really find a way to help me. Um, and, you know, as time went on, I think at some point the headaches kind of just went away. And I think my body found another way to cope with the stress and anxiety I was under. And so for most people, I think a trip to the emergency room would be quite a shock in itself where you want to change something about your life. But, you know, I thought everyone else felt the same way around me. And, you know, everyone in high school felt as much as much pressure as I did. And I put on myself because I really thought that I really felt like stress was normalized at Novi. And, um, you know, when I was in high school, I never really felt like mental health, specifically anxiety, was talked about that much. And even if it was, I don't think I noticed it. And so I don't think I really fully understood what I was going through. And then, you know, going to my going into my junior year, everyone always talks about how junior year is one of the hardest years of high school. But for me, I found it to be really hard for a different reason. I felt like every goal I had set for myself that year, I always fell short of, you know, whether that was being half a percentage away from getting a certain grade in a class or being three points away from qualifying for the national conference or DECA or being one point away from getting a certain score that I wanted and thought I needed on my ACT. And so, you know, going through all of that, I really started to develop these pretty strong insecurities of feeling like I wasn't good enough. And, you know, it ultimately caused me to really struggle with my self-confidence um, and, you know, I think it only made my anxiety worse. And then, you know, going into junior going into my senior year, I think I was a lot more stressed at the um, beginning of my senior year because everyone was applying to college and, you know, the stakes seemed to be much higher. And, you know, um, I ultimately did end up getting into my dream school, which was the University of Michigan. But, you know, looking back on it now, I overall thought that I had a really great senior year and I thought that I was really happy because everyone, everything I wanted seemed to be working out. Um, you know, I got into my dream school um, and it's a school that I've dreamt about since I was a really young girl. I also got accepted into one of the top undergraduate business programs in the country. And I remember the day that I got accepted, I was in Grand Rapids. Um, and when I called home to tell my parents, I remember hearing my dad cry on the phone. Um, and obviously there were tears of happiness, but, you know, I just felt like this weight had been lifted off of my shoulders and that I'd finally made my parents proud. But in reality, they'd always been proud of me. And even if, you know, none of that had happened for me, I think they still would have been proud of me and happy for me as long as I was happy myself. Um, you know, and during my senior year, I had also done really well in all of my extracurriculars. I had gotten several scholarships and I felt like I was finally being recognized for all the hard work and, you know, blood, sweat and tears that I'd poured into high school. And, you know, I felt like after I'd gotten in to Ross, I felt like those next five or six months, I was really living on this natural high and I thought I was happy, but, you know, all of my happiness seemed to come from these external factors. And, you know, you know, after some reflecting, I, I think I realized now that that wasn't really true happiness. And, you know, all of my confidence was coming from everything around me when it really should have been coming from, you know, within me. And so going into college, I would say I was pretty scared um, and, you know, nervous, but also really excited. And I had a lot of high expectations, not only for myself, but this experience I thought I was going to have as a freshman. Um, and, you know, looking back on my freshman year, it was very different from what I thought I was going to be. 
Um, you know, the second week on campus, I came down with the flu. It was probably the most sick I'd ever been in my entire life. And at the same time, I was bringing out my classes. I was applying to clubs and, and I was in the middle of interviewing for certain clubs and, you know, rushing certain business tracks. And I ended up doing really poorly in all my interviews and not getting anything that I wanted. And it left me feeling pretty upset because I had never really experienced, you know, that level of rejection in my life. And it was, you know, the first time I'd gone through something like that. Um, and, you know, at the same time, I'm really not going to go into much detail about this, but I ran into a situation where a guy used me like a tissue and then threw me to the side and I really did not handle it well. And I felt like at that point in my life, I was rejected academically and now personally. And, you know, those same insecurities I felt my junior year of high school started to come back and they definitely came back stronger. And I really started to feel this darkness creep inside of me. Um, and, you know, I tried to give myself a little bit of grace. And I told myself that it's only my first semester here in college. And so I tried to shove all this darkness inside of me. And I tried to maintain a positive outlook and told myself to focus on school and keep my grades up and, you know, meet new people and make new friends, which I did. And I did end up doing really well in school that semester. And so... You know, I think I had, I felt like I had something going for me going into my second semester of freshman year. And I told myself that this is a fresh start. And so when it came to applying to clubs again, I went, I went in with this mentality of I'm going to shoot my shot at everything and, you know, something has to work out. So I kind of played it like a numbers game, but that plan really did not work. Um, and I, you know, ended up getting rejected from everything again. And, you know, hearing no after no was such a grueling and hard process to go through. And I think the darkness that had crept inside my mind my first semester really started to consume me. And I was depressed. Um, and, you know, that semester, I also ended up losing my aunt to cancer. She was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer my freshman year of high school and was told that she was only going to live six months to a year, but then ended up living for four more years, which was truly a best, truly a blessing to my family. But losing her was, you know, the first time in my life that I experienced that level of grief. And I felt like my depression only got worse. And, you know, overall, I felt like my, I ended my freshman year and I hadn't really accomplished anything. And even though I was a part a part of certain organizations and I did find ways to stay productive. Um, I really struggled because I found myself comparing myself to everyone and I felt like I was behind everyone and I was no closer to figuring out what I wanted to do with my life and my career um, and what I really wanted to focus in on in school. And I had, you know, I had the opportunity to talk to some seniors who told me that I'd be fine without these clubs um, but everyone I talked to, I felt like they had something or, you know, at that point in their lives, you know, they were graduating soon and they had amazing jobs and, you know, consulting and banking lined up. So it was really hard to listen to their advice. And the one thing I did try to focus on was finding an internship that summer, which was a whole other struggle, I would say. Um, I probably applied to over a hundred different jobs and interviewed like several different times and you know every time I felt like I got to that second round interview or I got to that third round interview I felt so close but you know, I kept getting rejected and you know it was that same feeling my junior year feeling so close to accomplishing something but falling just a little bit short um, and I think at that point I just felt so numb inside and I felt like I was a fraud 
I felt like I didn't belong in the business school and I had chosen the wrong major and, um, you know, I really had no idea what I was going to do. Um, and I seriously at one point considered dropping out of Ross, um, which probably would have been one of the biggest mistakes in my life if I actually had gone through with it. I remember last year at this time, I was such a miserable person, you know, um, I had mentioned earlier that I was a girl who never really fought with my parents. And I remember coming home from my freshman year, I was so upset and hurt and, you know, just not myself, I would say. And I all of a sudden started fighting with my parents. I was constantly frustrated and upset. Um, and I'd probably reached one of the lowest points in my entire life. And I didn't know how to make it better. Um, but I think something that really helped me was just my tenacity to never give up. And continue trying even if the entire world seemed like it was against me and so you know most people start their internships during the first week of June and so when I say that I found my internship at the very last possible second I'm telling you that I found it at the very last possible second um, I literally got hired the Friday before the Monday I was supposed to start and that was the Monday that everyone else was also starting their internships so I felt like that was a true turning point in my life um, I think something that I've always known um, about myself is that I'm never going to be the smartest person in any room that I walk into, but I've always been confident in my ability to outwork anyone in any room that I walk into because I'm such an overachiever. Um, and up until that point, I felt like no one was really taking a chance on me, you know, in clubs or certain organizations I was applying to or other jobs that I was trying to apply to, you know, to give me that chance to prove myself. And it really wasn't until I met my boss that summer and got to work with such an amazing group of women to really show what I was capable of. And so, you know, going into my sophomore year of college, um, I definitely had a better mindset of what I wanted out of college and what I wanted out of my life and my career. I think I was able to make better decisions and I was definitely a lot more accustomed to dealing with rejection. Um, and I'm not going to say that every day since, you know, last summer has been uphill. I think it's been more of a roller coaster ride and every day has its ups and its downs. Um, and I think this last semester in particular was pretty hard on me. Um, I had a lot on my plate. I was pledging a business fraud. I was taking really hard classes. I was figuring out recruiting for finance. Um, and I think my anxiety had come back pretty strong. Um, and I remember waking up one Saturday and I was just feeling absolutely awful. Um, I had all the symptoms of the flu, but I wasn't actually sick. And so I tried everything, you know, um, I followed the brat diet, which is what my best friend always recommends when I don't feel good. So, you know, I was drinking a bunch of fluids, you know, trying to get some electrolytes in my system and nothing really seemed to work. And I remember that night I woke up several times, like completely drenched in sweat and I knew something was wrong. I just did not feel good. And so I think it was like five or 6 a.m. Um, I called my dad and he immediately drove to Ann Arbor and took me to the hospital. Um, and, you know, this, you know, when I got into the hospital, the doctors noticed that I had a really, um, I had an abnormally high resting heart rate. I think it was around 130 or 140. Um, yeah, but basically after that visit, I ended up seeing my general physician and a cardiologist, um, and I was diagnosed with an arrhythmia. So I have a condition called tachycardia arrhythmia, which essentially means that my heart beats faster than a normal person. And if I don't really focus on prioritizing myself or my health, that things could be extremely hard for me. And so, you know, all of that basically, you know, started because 
it just couldn't find a good way to deal with this anxiety and pressure that I'd put on myself and all these high expectations I had for myself. Um, and I think, you know, going to the hospital a second time, I think I really saw just how big of a toll my mental health has had on my physical health. Um, and it was a really eye-opening experience for me to go through. Um, and I don't wish that anyone else would go through what I have gone through. Seeing how real and prevalent these issues are, you know, has really shown me that I should always prioritize myself and, you know, nothing should be more important than myself and my health. And, you know, I had a conversation with my big this past semester who really taught me that when it comes to, you know, prioritizing things, I'm always at the top of that list. And then it's my family and my friends and then it's school and then it's, you know, recruiting or any career stuff. And then after that, any extracurriculars that I may be a part of. Um, but I think that, you know, that took me a really long time to realize, but I think it's something that all of us need to realize and, you know, focus on because I think that the world we live in is really crazy and oftentimes we really, really disregard our own mental health and, um, you know, get really stressed out and anxious about school or recruiting or whatever it is. And so, um, yeah, I think that's my story. Thank you so much for telling your story, Harka. I did have one question, though. Unfortunately, in this day and age, mental health, anxiety, depression is something that is no longer rare. And a lot of students, especially students our age and maybe younger even, do suffer through these mental health issues. Going, uh, Considering that you have gone through um, with your experiences, what is something that you could say to people that perhaps are going through something similar that you did? What's some advice that you have? So I would say, I think something that's really helped me um, is talking to some of my closest friends. I think something I didn't also mention is that, you know, growing up, I also had a lot of trust issues. Um, you know, my best friend, I've been friends with her since, like, I've known her since first grade, and I've been, we've been inseparable, basically, since, like, second grade, I would say. Um, and, you know, it even took me a long time to trust her and to fully open up to her and, you know, open up to other friends that I have because I've always had this problem of like bottling up my emotions and, you know, just not feeling like anyone would understand what I was going through or, um, you know, just like that frustrated teenage, teenage angst, I would say, but I would really always bottle it, like bottle it up and push it down and like not talk about it. But I think something that I realized is that I can't do that and that I do need to talk about it. And, you know, unfortunately I learned that the hard way. I think this past semester as well, I went through this week basically where I kind of shut down um, it was towards the beginning of the semester. Um, you know, I had a lot on my plate, like I said, and I was really freaking out. Um, didn't know what to do. Didn't know who to talk to. And I kind of just like shut down, didn't talk to anyone, didn't talk to my roommates, didn't really call home um, and didn't, you know, kind of just isolated myself, which is something I don't recommend that you do because that feeling of being alone is very, very scary. Um, and, you know, I've never personally gone to therapy or talked to a therapist, but I'm a huge advocate for that. And if that's something that you want to try and you can afford um, and you're comfortable with doing so, I think that is something that you should people should do. Um, and, I, you know, I found different ways to, you know, cope with what I'm going through. I think, like I said earlier, one way is to talk to my parents and be very clear about what I'm going through. And, you know, over the years, that has definitely taken a lot of time for my parents to fully understand how I work and how I process things and how I handle my emotions. Um, and so I would really say 
think the first thing is finding someone that you trust, whether that's a friend or an adult or a teacher, whoever it is, um, you know, going to them and talking to them. Because I think a lot of times if someone loves you and cares for you, all they want to do is see you, you know, be happy and be at your best. Um, and, you know, that has taken me a long time to see that as well. But I definitely recommend doing that. And I think other things, too, that have helped me, especially during quarantine, I think, um, you know, I think staying active is a really good way to help with anxiety. I think, you know, when you work out, you do release endorphins and it does make you feel better. I think, um, you know, my first semester of sophomore year, I definitely um, didn't, you know, I definitely found a good way to handle, you know, whatever anxiety attacks or panic attacks that I would have because, I, you know, was working out a lot and I was, you know, going to classes, especially with like friends. I think, you know, doing things with friends is really good. Um, and so I think that's something that has really helped me. And then, you know, I think also during quarantine, I've been reading a lot. I think reading is really powerful because it has the ability to take your mind somewhere else without ever actually leaving somewhere. And so um, I think that's something that has really helped me. And um, I also really enjoy to cook and bake. And I think, you know, all of those things have helped me a lot. And I think, you know, self-care is something that a lot of people talk about and it's become this whole industry of like face masks and like essential oils, which is all great. And like, I'll be the first to admit that I use all that stuff too, but I think self-care is more than that. I think it's really just focusing on, you know, dealing with issues that you may be having and finding a good way to cope with them. That's honestly great advice that I hope people take to heart. But before we log off, is there any last things that you want to say? Yeah, I think I just want to really emphasize that, you know, prioritizing yourself and your health is so important. I've unfortunately had to learn that the hard way, but, you know, never forget that if there's no you, then nothing else matters. You know, I grew up in a pretty unnatural competitive environment, um, and it really has shaped me into who I am today. Um, and I think what has gotten me through some of the hardest times in my life is surrounding myself with people who love and care for me and didn't let me give up on myself when I wanted to. And so, um, you know, as bad as things might seem sometimes, I think never losing hope is really important. I'm a huge advocate for, you know, everything happens for a reason. And as cheesy as it is, I think believing in fate and destiny and that things will work out the way they're meant to um, is also something that's gotten me through a lot of what I've been through. And so I guess what I'm really trying to say is just never give up on yourself. Thank you so much for coming on, Haruka. Thank you for having me. I also just want to say I'm so proud of Zoe for doing this. And, you know, I met you when I was a senior in high school and just seeing how far you've come um, has, you know, been a huge part of my life as well. And I just, I'm so proud of you. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. In a last word for me, I have a couple conclusions that I specifically myself have taken from this podcast. The first one is that accomplishments and achieving things and getting quote unquote everything you've ever wanted does not equate happiness and it doesn't equate that all this anxiety and all this sadness is going to disappear. I think that a lot of people think that getting anything or what they want and getting to their goal is going to make them happy. And more often than not, people end up being disappointed because they feel exactly the same way after all the smoke clears and they're still sad. Um, the second thing that I've taken away from this is exactly what Haruka said, that your own health 
and focusing on yourself first and making sure that you are healthy is really the most important thing because a lot of people don't do that. They look ahead. They're like, oh, I want this. I This is what I want my future to be. And they ignore everything else um, to try to get some, some quote unquote end goal. And sometimes they let themselves just completely fall in the process. And if you are not healthy and you are not mentally healthy and you're not physically healthy, you cannot reach or, or reach your full potential. Um, and the last thing that I've taken away from this podcast and from a lot of the podcasts that I've done, but this one in particular is that you really never know what people are going through. Um, Haruko is somebody that in high school and in college, I really looked up to. She's a great older than me. She did all the stuff that I wanted to do. I was like, yes, Haruka is the ideal for me. And I remember after um, my first semester of my freshman year in college, I had also gotten rejected from everything. I was feeling so down. I had reached out to her and I was at this coffee shop and I ranted to her for like half an hour. I was like, I'm a failure. I'm feeling so sad. Like all of my my woes, I was telling her because I knew in a way that she had under, she would understand. And she did like understand because she had gone through it um, the year prior. And even now thinking about it, I I feel a little bit of shame, I guess, is the best way to put it, that I was having all these woes and telling her all my problems and I hadn't even really known what she was going through, hadn't really asked. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's sad because you never really know what people are going through and you should never assume just because on the outside they're this perfect person and you look up to them so much that they're like feeling great when sometimes people just aren't. I guess I'm just saying maybe reach out to somebody today, reach out to somebody in the next week because again, we just never know what anyone's going through. But that's it for me, guys. Thanks for listening to episode 11. Can't wait to see you back next time.